hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Welcome back to A Hamster with a Blunt Penknife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. You join us just as the Doctor has fallen down a large black hole. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> and been frozen in the process of doing so in another um, thrilling cliffhanger from Planet of Evil. Mm. So, um, we should just start the episode, I think, and maybe talk a bit more about the episode this time than we did the last time, uh, because a lot has been happening behind the scenes. So we've had Sorensen's increase getting increasingly pet up and strange. The Doctor has told um, the crew in no uncertain terms that they can't take any antimatter off the planet because it would destroy the universe. Um, and he has gone to try and be an intermediary with the antimatter beast, which has pulled him into a hole. And Sarah is a hostage. So there's lots going on. Wonderful summation. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, Joe, as you're in charge, do you want to count us in? In charge? Good grief. <laughs> you flatter me. Okay. In <laughs> five, four, three, two, let's go. So I suppose at some point we do need to talk. We usually end up talking about title sequences. How where does this stand in people's favourite title sequences? It terrified me as a kid. Really? Yes. <clears throat> I was. It. I was almost overjoyed when I saw the first episode of the Leisure Hive, and it was the music was, well, and and you know there's the stars. Yeah, but as a kid, as a yeah, as a kid, I was. I, it was very scary, and Tom's face, you know, looming out of the, of, of the of the tunnel, um, and the the sting at the end of the episode. In fact, even when I hear that sting now, and I'm not expecting to hear it, mm. still, you know, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up, and it's like, oh, it's you know, it, I'm taken back to Saturday tea times in the 1970s. Yeah. But yeah, it's great fun. Dave. Oh, sorry, Dave. Um, I, I think it's the best title sequence. Uh, I don't think it's my favourite. My favourite one, probably just because um, I grew up with Sylvester McCoy's title sequence, I've always got a soft spot for that. But this is this one is timeless and it's got you know the classic tune over it, and I think it's the best one. Right. And Joe, I know you have a very soft spot for the original. I love the original. It's my favourite. <laughs> but I think visually this might be the best because I can't quite figure out how they did it. You know, mm. when it goes to that sort of organic, I, th- I can't mm. think what they use. Like with the, the 80s one, you know they're doing electronic effects. Mm. The first one, they're throwing light on a wall or whatever. They're... I just can't figure out how they did yeah. it. The so first one was um, was plugging a monitor into itself, wasn't it? And it made oh, this sort yeah. of it made this sort of feedback loop. Um, but yeah, my, my favourite one is is the Davison era one partly because that's when I first really started watching it. And also because I absolutely love that version of the theme tune. That's mm-hmm. my favourite. Yeah. Um, so, and see Sarah saying, the Doctor can't be dead. And Sorensen saying, he's ceased to exist. We need to launch. Oh, dear. This is all going to go downhill <laughs> from here. I mean, the man is clearly not well, apart from anything no. else, is he? <laughs> no. He's twitching again. Yeah, he's got that, that sort of putting his hand to his head. Sort yes. of, oh. Yeah, and it's getting Which worse. Is, Whatever yeah. it is, is getting worse. Mm. You know, you knew he was a bit shifty to start with, but when he started saying things like, this is the most important thing, this will save the universe, it's worth more than people's lives. Um, yeah. Mm. And I love the fact that... He's got his yeah. hands on his hips. Yeah. 
which in that <laughs> uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I love the well, fact that Sarah's it's... sneaked off without nobody noticing. Mm. Yeah, yeah I'm not again, that's Sarah <laughs> taking the initiative rather than just sort of, you know, and here she goes to yeah. to try and rescue him because quite a few times she's sort of thinking, oh no, the doctor's dead, and but it, she never gives up hope. I think that's why no. why people rate her so well is that she's mm. she's not a Tegan sort of wanting to go back to the TARDIS or or not wanting to be there at all. She's she's plucky. She's she'll she doesn't care if she makes a mistake. But she just will do whatever she can to help her best friend. Hmm. What the hell is going on here in the antimatter universe? (laughs) Disco, by the looks of it. (laughs) Now, now we know why he's got rid of the scarf because I imagine to do this. Oh God, yes, it's it's all on Kirby wires, isn't it? Mm. And I imagine Ah. that you know he would have. You wouldn't want um, well before the days of health and safety. It reminds me of the scenes in Inferno when he's going to the alternative universe. Yeah. But but uh, Pertwee's gurning always kind of puts me off a little bit. Whereas Tom, <laughs> when Tom's in agony, when he, you know, he's really good at playing, being mm. in pain or in agony or in or in terror. He's really, really convincing. There's less shots up the nose as well. Like in Inferno, there's obviously the big one where he, he, he's <laughs> his nose just gets massive. like shooting up twin tunnels. I think they say. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the idea though? Is it that that if any part of the antimatter leaves the planet, the planet will destroy the universe. Is that right? It's. I think it's the antimatter that will destroy the universe yeah. because the planet, oh. it's the opposite. The antimatter is the opposite of matter. And if, it, if antimatter is taken into a universe that's composed of matter, it will destroy it. Um, however, we know that Sorensen is already got his suspicious thermos flask which i was <laughs> slightly disappointed wasn't tartan given that it was the 70s um and so the yeah he's um he's up to no good he's clearly up to no good right now look at him <laughs> the thing that we'll see which is really good is when he spoiler alert he turns into anti-man mm. he totally changes his physical movement yes. as well oh, yeah. like, there's a bit where he goes up the stair and his leg twists in mid going up the stair because and you hear the sound effect and yeah it's yeah it really it's a brilliant it's a brilliant physical performance as well as from the point of view of sort of the emotional acting of it it's really good physical performance because he's <laughs> you could believe that he's really unwell but you don't quite know what's you don't realize the extent to which he's um you know, old mad scientists, you know, the strange stuff happening on the planet, everything's gone a bit wrong. Um, but then when you realise what's actually happening to him, it gets much, much scarier very quickly. Well, he becomes like this slavering beast of a man, doesn't he? With yeah, like yeah. Yeah. horrible... T- Do you know what I've got to tell you, right? There's been a couple <laughs> of times in the past when I've been single, you know, and I've been on the app grinder, and you get a picture of someone with a nice bit of scruff looking like Professor Sorensen, <laughs> and then what turns up at the door is what he looks like in episode four. <laughs> Terrifying. So, yeah, it does scare me a bit more on that level. Sorry. Oh, Joel. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But it's tying into the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing again, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. Um, Jekyll was obviously, turns into this beast. Yes, well, who, who was not yeah. hairy, though. Sorry. I just, no, that's of, true, yeah. One of my bugbears about 
because I only because we uh, read it when I was doing my A levels. Jekyll and Hyde. The the point about Hyde is that there's something subtle. There's something wrong about him. When people look at him, they immediately get the impression that there's something wrong, but they don't. They can't put their finger on what he is. So he's not this great big hairy um, anti man type thing. He's this. He's he's actually quite small. But whenever people see him, they get this impression of sort of of evil and of wrongness. Um, but they love doing this anyway. Yes, here we go. Like, didn't they? They love doing Jekyll and Hyde. I can think of a oh, lot yeah. wrong. I I did a I did a Star Trek Voyager episode on one of my other podcasts the other mm. day, which is the Doctor becoming Mister Hyde, and boy, it was camp and ridiculous and really <laughs> terrible. This is a yeah. much better version, though. Oh yeah, because like, he's he's already he's clearly something is really really wrong with him isn't it um but yeah the the star trek original series jekyll and hyde where kirk gets split in two by the the transporter yeah. beam and, yeah. and you can tell which one's the baddies because he's sweaty and has very heavy eyeliner well and the piano music goes mad every time he yeah appears. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, that, that's the episode with the oh here we go eyes. Oh, oh. eyes oh here we go with the eyes there oh. we are there's his thermos oh now, look, I had an argument with a couple of people the other day that told me they thought this special effect was amazing with the painted eye- eyes on the eyebrows. I'm not sure. It's, it's, I, I think, think it's it quite effective. I think, I think it works. I think, I think it, it works. works. It works oh, better than myself told then. <laughs> no, I mean, it, obviously, that's, that's a, just opinion. It's, it's my opinion that I think it works, but I think it does work because you're not necessarily expecting it. No. And so when it happens, it's kind of oh, and then it's but then it's gone again. So it's you haven't best, yeah. you haven't had a chance to sort of sort of look at it for a long time and maybe think, oh, well, I can see the edges there, because it's a because it's gone quickly. Uh, it's better than, than the effect they did for sorry. No, no, no. I, I said it's it, it's better than the effect they did with um the 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 Fendel the Fendel core image of the Fendel <laughs> and um. Cassia in the uh, Keeper of Trakan, where they paint the things on her eye- on their eyelids. Mm. Um, I was just going to see the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought the Fendal thing was partly that she was turning into sort of a an image, though that that it wasn't supposed to be kind of that the painting on the eyelids was like her turning into a statue. I don't know. Okay, yeah, but you could. It does look like eyes, yeah, eyes. But that, but then I thought it was like a sort of you know those. Um, uh, the Greek Minoan sculptures where mm. they've got very boggly eyes, looking yeah. eyes like that. I mean, that's I, I wonder when, when she can get away with anything in my eyes. She's, <laughs> she's very, when she smiles, it's very freaky. It's mm. very creepy when she smiles because she's, you know, it's Wonder Ventham. She, she plays quite a sort of serious character mm. uh, who's sort of quite sort of harassed and stressed. And then when you see a smile, it's really, really creepy. As for Cassia in the Keeper of Traken, she's so over the top. I absolutely love her. <laughs> Don't look, not my eyes. She's amazing. <laughs> We're taking off. No. Mm. They haven't. They haven't been dumped. What's the curse? He says later on about the, the little tin. He's still got the tin. And yes. he says he says something like, How else do you think I broke her the deal? So he's been allowed to go back with this tin, but why did they all just dump the tin? I I wasn't sure why he put it in the. I I think perhaps he was going to throw it into the hole <laughs> afterwards. Sorry, here we go with holes again. Um, I thought I thought maybe <laughs> that after he was ejected, he was going to. That was 
yeah. part of the deals. Like I'm going to, I've got this. I'm bringing this as a sign of my, um, as a sign I'm that I'm up. that I'm taking it seriously. Throw it and then throw it in afterwards. But that he didn't. Bit of, that bit of direction there, where they're running down the corridor, then the camera swings around and blurs, yeah, so blurs. you don't mm. see, so you can't see it. Yeah, that's so scary. Imagine a child watching that. Like. Mm. Earlier on in the episode as well, there was a bit where Sarah ran through the forest and the camera, there's a one shot, was right through the forest with her, which looks mm. so good. So good. And like you guys said earlier about this split-level set, it means you can kind of shoot up, doesn't it? So you've got yes. yeah. on different levels. There's lots to look at. Mm. And it gives more of a sense of it as a as an interior space. And it's got a ceiling, which is great. <laughs> but what they don't know is that there's still antimatter on the ship. Yes. Yeah, I've got a question to ask. Do you mind if I take over for one second? No, but do because I've lost control completely. So no, you haven't. Don't be silly. <laughs> Not at um, all. Do you guys think that this is Michael Wisher's like least impressive role in the series? Well, just, it, it's his smallest role, I think. Mm. It's it's his least important role. Uh oh, there he goes. <laughs> Oh, the way that, that he holds the the, the 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 torch, and then it sort of there's a little bit of lens flare on the the camera there. Yeah. That's quite that's quite well done. Very yeah, cool. and, the, the, and the, the the hunched over shadow as well, mm. just for a second to see. So mm. you can you sort of seeing it, but not seeing it. The husky humans look well. They're not humans actually. Manestrans mm. looks really effective. Unlike say the horns, is it no time lash where. Um, Paul Darrow just falls in a heap in a well. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, you're reminding me so much why I love 80s Doctor Who. <laughs> what do you think is um, Michael Wisher's best performance then, uh, Dave? Davros. Mm. He's just absolutely superb as Davros. Oh, Michael, it's got um, no, it's got uh, Terry Malloy is very, very good. Don't get me wrong, he's also excellent, but Michael Wisher's just untouched. Lucy? Yeah, I think so. Definitely Davros, because it's a main role. It's a main it's an antagonist to the doctor. So in the other roles he plays, he's 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 always good and sort of convincing. He does what he can with it, but it's not Davros is a is a main part and he acting within that extraordinary makeup and um the constraints of having to sit absolutely still and only act with your voice and the lower part of your face. And he, good God, he does it really well. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I like him. I like him as a supporting character as well as one of sort of Lupton's little bunch of losers at the, um, all those sad little men in the, <laughs> in Planet of the Spiders. They really I, are, aren't they? I, I, I'm going to be a bit uh, contrary now because I think it, my favourite turn of his is Carlick in Carnival of Monsters. I think really? he's so dry and so funny. He delivers the best line reading, I think, in all of Doctor Who when he just goes, bravo. <laughs> it goes horribly wrong. Yeah. He's, uh, he's such a good actor, though, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. What do you think, Daniel? I, I mean, I've got to say Davros as well, because it's just such a good performance. I mean, <laughs> it's not... It's so well written. It's so well... It's so well thought out, as you say. He's been—he's—it's an actor who's really thought it through. That he, his face is not going to be seen. So you know, there's the famous story about how he, how he, um, you know, turned up rehearsals with a paper bag. This is the quickest funeral on on uh, 
on screen, <laughs> that is there. No, but yeah, they've, so got, but... they've got to show that, haven't they? Because that yeah. sets up the cliffhanger. It, and it gives it a bit more believability of the, of the, the society. I love the fact that... Um, yeah. Uh, he says, "Oh, what what denomination was Morelli?" And he's Morestrian Orthodox. Mm. And then he says, "Well, we 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 have to play the last rites, but we don't have to listen to them." That's a great line. That is, it is. great. Yeah. It's very cynical and very sort of, you know, we've been in this pl- we've been on this ship for months, and I'm fed up, and I'm gonna just do oh, what one I have of those. To do. Yeah. We also Many... found out earlier on that they want oxygen breathers. Yes. Like Sarah comes out the TARDIS and they're like, oh, it's an oxygen breather. You better put oxygen on. So they, it just helps to sell their alienness. Yeah. And the idea that they have a procedure for burying people mm. in space, mm. because yeah. of course they do, including the, the rights for whichever religion yeah. they happen what to belong to. Yeah. I think that's terrifying, just shooting out the coffin in space. That's... Well, when you think how many coffins there must be floating around out there. I know. <laughs> there's a load of old rubbish in space. Oh, James, if we ever do land on Mars, there'll be a sign saying, please take your litter home with you. Sarah's corpses. great, though, because he says it's clean and tidy. And she just goes, it's horrible. Mm. Yeah. It's always nice to cut to her reaction, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, do you remember her reaction in episode three of Pyramids of Mars, where the Doctor's really cold and unfeeling about Lawrence Scarman's death? Mm. Appalled, isn't she? She does have that touch of humanity. Oh, and he's yeah, Sorensen's trying to to blame the Doctor again, which he had done for the from the beginning. It's a boss out of control, isn't it? He's yeah, he's he's. It's trying to blame somebody else. Yeah. Did you ever really? consider that? But and now he's and now the doctor's found found a way in. He's saying, "Did you ever consider that you might be wrong?" Mm. And clearly, he's never considered that he might be wrong. And the oh, doctor's yeah. trying to the doctor's trying to sort of get under his under his skin a bit and say, "You know, did, did you not think that you might be? Do you ever consider that you might be wrong?" And he he clearly hasn't ever thought that. And actually, he's gone too far, but we, but they don't know that. Oh, he's clutching the arm <laughs> any minute now. <laughs> well, I'm fairly sure we've all worked with that boss as well that blames everybody else for their own ineptitudes. Yeah. Well, he's yes. he's just trying to it, – it's self-defence. He's trying to get them blamed for what he's doing, and he knows he's doing it because he knows he just changed from the, the anti-man back into himself again. So he's pushing it as far as he can onto these strangers. Um to get suspicion away from himself. Oh, now I'm absorbed. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just watching. Come to the end of your piece of elastic. It won't stretch any further, says the Doctor. But that's a nice, simple visual, isn't it, for the kids? Yes. Like, okay, you pull a piece of elastic, you can't get Mm. away. And he's very calm, Tom. If it was Pertwee, he'd be pulling his hair out. And Trouty yeah. would be, oh, you stupid fools! I've told you, and you know, and Hartnell would have just given up. I think Colin Baker um, would have grabbed a gun by now. Yeah, <laughs> but the fact that he's being so calm makes it more because you because he's absolutely serious. Yes, and the calmness is like I've been. There's no well. point in shouting. I've been through that and come out the other side. Mm. And this is and um, Vizinski is now like, okay, the boss has really lost it now. Yeah, he's, he's thinking. Like, yeah, he can point. see that. It's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's command. He's thinking. I'm going to have to take command visibly yeah. rather than invisibly. He knows he's a success at this point, Tom Baker, doesn't he? Like 
uh, yes. series 12 has aired. Are you all right? No, he's, he's not all right. Fantastic. So he kind of knows he's doing a good job and the, the audience mm. has taken to him. So I think he's really delivering at this point. Oh, yeah, he's superb in this season. Yeah. Mm. Didn't they film all this all the way through? They filmed from Sontaran Experiment all the way through series season 12 and then Zygon's Pyramids of Mars and this and then the Android Evasion. I think they had a break then before they did Brain of Morbius and they, they did about a good 12... 12 months continuous filming probably a break for christmas um and i think when they filmed pyramids of mars poor old liz Layton had flu so they but she still sort of turned up for work um so so even after all that time yeah. they're still they're still giving it their all there was the bit you said so... just now daniel with the with his leg twisting yes yes Oh no! Look, uh, Dahan is about to buy oh, this, it. Isn't he? This, he looks terrified when he gets killed here. I mean, he puts mm. a real scary yeah. death face. Do you know what's really? Yeah, is the sound effects. All you can hear is this. Yeah, it's sort of yeah. weird yeah. sucking. Sorry, I was a bit disturbed. It's not. Dick, it's not Dick Mills doing the sound effects. This for the little special sound. It's it's Peter Howell. Right. Yeah. I noticed that on the credits. Also responsible hear. for my favourite version of the theme tune. Thank you, Peter. And for one of the best soundtracks <laughs> with them um, in the in the, or two of the best soundtracks, uh, Leisure Hive and Five Doctors. Mm. Peter, how? Oh, didn't he do Warriors Gate as well? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah he's, he's... I totally forgot about this when when I watched it the other day. But Tom's just punched Prentice Hancock. Out. Yes. And I know he does it in Seeds of Doom, but I totally forgot he does it. He's pretty violent in thirteen. He he has a few altercations. Well, Sarah was in trouble, and he had That's to go what and I help was her. Say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He does, but, and he does that for Sarah. But if that was Colin Baker, people would be using that as an argument against the character, mm-hmm. whereas we've just used it as a defense for the Fourth Doctor. But when Colin Baker's character is violent, people say, "Well, this is everything that's wrong with the program," you know. Yeah, Baker okay. does it. We're going. Oh well, he's a hero. He's off to save his friend. <gasps> he's forgotten the Kujin Akido after oh, he's regenerated. for that. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> that that just oh no. <laughs> I think what child me. I think child me would have enjoyed that, but adult me just goes. Oh, give it a rest, really. <laughs> or the Aikido. Yes. <laughs> I'm more disturbed by the fact that you use Terry Walsh in a wig, so his hair changes colour every two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's the blue. Yeah, oh, there he is. He's... Oh no, he spilt his thermos. Do you know it looks like blood, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's quite that's quite disturbing. Did I just see Tom get shot in the chest? Yes, you did. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was stunned by um Prentice Hancock. That means we must be at the cliffhanger. This story is shooting past. It, it is, yeah. It's, it's, it is. There's lots of action in it. Mm. And lots of atmosphere. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is... I've got the lights on in here, but it, if you put the lights off when you watch this, mm. as, I'm, I'm assuming you do that at Christmas, Joe. Yeah, yeah, just the yeah. Christmas tree lights. Yeah. 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 It's creepy as hell. Yeah. yeah oh. it's, I think this was... Was this transmitted in about October? Or something. Yes. So it was about the, the prime time for spooky nights and that. 
I'll tell you, the thing about this cliffhanger is I think it's a great cliffhanger of them. Like you're on the edge of your seat going, no, don't pull the lever and they're off. But the resolution is so terrible. <laughs> it's like, well, let's just get them back. Come on. like. Yeah, but Vashinsky has turned now, hasn't he, completely? Yeah. He's, he's openly he's, saying, no, you can't do that. That's You have no evidence. That's ridiculous. So you're he's, a brat, Peter. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's the most, I think, clearest example of Salomon is that because he won't obey the order, he makes him do it, doesn't he? Yes. He forces yeah. him down onto the thing. Yeah. Oh, look at that. It's kind of, it's kind of like um, I, when I said about, at the beginning, when I said about perhaps that sort of role being done more successfully in others, I was thinking of Hindle. In Kinder, oh, yeah. where oh, yeah. he's oh, yeah. he's goes, he's clearly loses his mind. But at the beginning, it's there already with the sort of the old. You've got Richard Todd, who's the older, experienced um, soldier, who's like you know ticking him off for not doing things by the book. But Hindle is is the sort of he's not sure of himself, but he wants to be, and he wants to be in charge, and he wants to. No, to be to be proper soldier and and then just goes completely has a complete breakdown. And you I can't think mend people, Lucy. No, exactly. Can't mend people. But I think there's some of this. There's sort of some of that in there is somebody who's completely beyond their capabilities, totally, um, and is, and it's done perhaps a little bit. And also, there's the bloke in Warriors Gate who is an older man in charge of the ship. But who hasn't got anything except we have to follow procedure, we have to do we have to do something, we have to get something done, and that's yeah. all he's got. Isn't that <laughs> his art in line? Doesn't he say I'm that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm finally getting something, getting something done. done. <laughs> yes, but, that, but that's all. That's all. He, that, and then it's played more. It's played for sort of tragedy at first, but then comedy in the end. But it's it's kind of that's it with this person who's got nothing behind procedures. Mm. I love the fact that everyone said that at once. Then, you know? yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, Lucy, you better see us out. Come on. Yes. Well, that was it then. So, thank you very much, and we will see you for the next episode. <laughs>